Welcome to Sunday morning at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Danny Deeth, and in response to the events of the amazing resurrection at Easter, it now becomes our job to discern how we respond to the events of Holy Week and Christ being raised from the dead. We are to discern how we are being led to live, to change our lives, to care for others, to welcome others to Christ's table. This is our call and our challenge. Let's do this together. Come on in. Our first scripture lesson is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. This is the word of God. So we are picking up our second reading where we left off last week. If you remember, we started uh, in John 14. This is the chapters 14 through 17. We know is Jesus's farewell discourse. This is Jesus at the table at the last supper with the disciples, just got done washing their feet before they go out to the garden where he's arrested, betrayed, uh, crucified, buried, resurrection uh, on Easter. So these are the last words of wisdom that uh, our gospel writer John tells us. And last week, if you remember, we talked about uh, the first 14 verses. Don't let your hearts be troubled. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. Um, Thomas said, Lord, how do we get there? What's the way? And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And if you remember, we talked about that Greek word. What was it last week? Oikos, right, right. Meaning household or family or home or house in that same kind of way. We talked about how to build that heavenly household both on this earth and the kingdom uh, by seeing Christ as the way, the truth, and the life. And so we pick up right after that in verse 15 and listen to all the times which is not my focus on this today, that Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments in different ways throughout this passage. Just keep that in the back of your mind. So we are John 14, 15 through 27. Listen for the word of the Lord. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, then the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in the Father 
and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Then Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not, and does not keep my words, and the world that you heard here is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not let them be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So today is our beginning celebration of three weeks of the Holy Spirit. Just as Advent is a four-week build up to Christmas and Lent is a six-week preparation time for Easter, so too do we take these few weeks to focus on the work uh, and role of the Holy Spirit in our life, in our church, and in the world. Now, you see in the passage, and again, Jesus is getting ready to leave and says that several times. I'm getting ready to leave you. And he doesn't say, buck up little soldiers. He doesn't say, put on your big disciple pants and get ready. He doesn't say, pull yourself up by your spiritual bootstraps. He says, I will not leave you orphaned. You won't be alone. God is sending the advocate, the advocate. The word paraclete, last week we had oikos, this word, this week the, our Greek word is paraclete, and you can make the association either it's a parakeet, we had parakeets when I was a kid, they were little and nasty and loud, got out in a hotel room once, and, 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 uh, parakeet helps remember paracletes, or um, I've put two soccer shoes up on the pulpit before, that is a pair of cleats, that's pretty close, paraclete. To help you remember, you break that word down, para is like parallel, it's to come alongside, and the cleat part of that is to be called. And so it gives us already, just with that word advocate, some understanding of the role of the Holy Spirit, which is to come alongside of us and then do all of those great things that Jesus lists. There was a college student who in his final exam at the end of the year for his logic class, this is in college, logic is a difficult subject and can be, this professor was known for difficult exams, not giving uh, um, any leeway whatsoever. So everyone was frantic. And he did what I remember some of my professors doing. He says, you can have one page, eight and a half by 11, and write whatever you want, a cheat sheet, front and back. Anybody remember doing that? I remember being in seminary in my Greek class. I'm a lefty, so I 
have big, terrible handwriting. But when it counts, it was beautiful, teeny little printed writing. I even, I even had it laminated. It was so beautiful and contained so much information uh, for me. So everybody was ready, been there before. Everybody comes in that day and sits down with their cheat sheet ready to go. And in comes this freshman with another student. Everybody sits down and the student next to his desk puts this blank piece of paper. There's no writing on it at all down next to him. And the graduate student in advanced logic who he brought with him stood on top of the blank piece of paper. And the professor said, uh, Steve, excuse me, what, 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 who is that? What are we doing? Professor, you said you could bring anything to help that fit on this page. He is standing on the page. He was the only one who got an A. <laughs> only one. But it is like that with the Holy Spirit that comes alongside of us and helps us in our moments and times of need. What does Jesus say this spirit will do? It will, he tells them here, it will teach you and remind you. Those are huge things for these disciples whose brains are a little bit scrambled right now. They're still living in the chaos, if not crisis, of the crucifixion, the resurrection that are just, is just about to come for them at the table. They don't get it. But one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, and we'll see that on Pentecost, all of the disciples don't get it. Peter is wishy-washy until that spirit descends upon them, clarifies, helps them to understand. For three years, they've been traveling with Christ and he has been saying the most amazing things and they haven't quite understood. And so they've kind of tucked those sayings and events and happenings in the back of their minds and when the Spirit comes, it will connect those dots and help them to see that, oh, Jesus said this, or oh, he did this to show and teach us this. That happens through the Holy Spirit. When we are connected to God through Christ, it is the work of the Holy Spirit, whether that is an intentional Bible study with a group of people, whether it's in worship, whether you are not doing anything faith-related at all, but there's some kind of God moment. That is the Spirit reminding you that God is here and God is with you and that you are a child of God. And that same Spirit continues to teach us. There is this Trinity, doctrine of the Trinity. Go ahead and explain the doctrine of the Trinity to your neighbor, go. I'll give you seven seconds. Got it, good, thank you. You have God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, however you look at that. Often we say these terms in, in terms of creator, redeemer, sustainer. You've heard that. Those are kind of churchy words that we throw out a lot. But as we look at that, God is creator, especially in the Old Testament, we see God interacting and speaking to people through visions, through dreams, through burning bushes and clouds of 
uh, 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 pillars of clouds and fire. And in a variety of ways, even Balaam's donkey in numbers. God speaks more directly. It is the creator, all-powerful God that created the earth then and continues to create every day and night. God is intimately involved in creation on a regular basis. That is God's presence. The second of that trinity is Christ the Redeemer who came to redeem us from death, from our sin, to redeem us from a wasted life, a purposeless life, with his teachings, his miracles, his body on the cross given for us and his resurrection. That is God with us, but just in a different form. Just as God took many forms in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, God is funneled for those 33 years through Christ. Then Christ ascends, goes back up to heaven, and roughly this is when we are given or reminded that the Holy Spirit descends in a most exquisite and celebrative way. Now, the Spirit has been with us from creation, Father, Son, Holy Spirit with us from the start. But God's presence continues to be with us through the sustainer. That's that creator, redeemer, sustainer, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. That is God's presence with us from that time from Pentecost to today and forever. It is the Holy Spirit that is the presence of God with us. That's why it's so important. It advocates for us. And that paraclete is a teaching, it's a courtroom term as advocate for someone who is standing trial. So it intercedes for us, between us and God through Christ. What is this Holy Spirit the Spirit of? It's the Spirit of Christ. It is all one big manifestation of God. Whether it's God, this creator, God, the redeemer in Christ, God, the sustainer in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We can't see it, but we know it's there because we've seen the work. The cliche illustration is the wind. You can't see the wind, but you see it blowing in the trees. You see what the wind does, but you don't see the wind. You feel the wind, you experience it, but you can't look and see wind. Spirit's the same way. Within and dwells inside each one of us, and comes alongside us, the para in paraclete. Pneuma is another Greek word, that wind. Ruach is that Old Testament word, spirit, breath, wind. It is the breath of God, literally, that is breathed into us as human beings and creation from our loving God. It is our comforter, our sustainer, our counselor, it convicts us, which means that if you want to think of it as your conscience, you can. Sometimes we think of that little devil and angel on each shoulder, do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, do it, do it, don't do it. It is the Holy Spirit reminding you that you're getting ready to give in to something you don't need to give in to that may pull you further away from God. And then it's your choice. That is God's design. The Spirit doesn't keep you unless you are seeking that help. 
The Spirit empowers us, empowers us with power that I think we are afraid of to claim as our own, to use in the world to spread the gospel, to live a discipleship life. We are given the gifts that we need, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, all of those things. Some are given the gifts of yours. Some are given the gifts of yours. Some are given the gifts of yours. Everyone has Holy Spirit given gifts to use, to build this oikos, to build this kingdom of God, this household on this earth that will reflect God's kingdom. Each one of you, has that power and those gifts. As this three-week series continues, this is the introduction. The Holy Spirit prays for us when we cannot pray ourselves or we don't know how to pray. What better is in our corner than the Holy Spirit of the risen Christ? None. It is God's gifts of love that fill us, that give us the Spirit, and again, It gives us a sense of peace. In John's gospel, Jesus, to the the disciples behind closed doors, after he is resurrected, they're afraid he comes and he breathes his peace and is John's version of the Pentecost, but it's just to the disciples in that closed room. He gives them a sense of peace to endure what is coming. He gives them the gifts that they need to endure what is coming. And we are given that peace today and every day that we open ourselves to the presence of the Holy Spirit and we take that seriously and we seek to listen and follow. Easier said than done, I know. But the good thing on this first of three weeks about the Holy Spirit is that wherever we go, we are not alone. Everywhere that we go, God's Spirit is present within us and around us, even in broken moments, even in moments when we are running the opposite way from God. God's Holy Spirit is there to hold us, to love us, to convict us, to come back home through Christ, to counsel us, to advocate for us, to teach us, to remind us, to give us peace. You graduates who are getting ready to enter a new chapter in your lives, whether it's high school or college, know that wherever you go, whatever you do, God's Holy Spirit will be with you. You are being called out to do new things with the gifts that you've been given. You have accomplished so much and congratulations. It is a day to celebrate but it's also a day for you to remember that no matter where you are being called, you don't go alone. God is with you and we love you and we are with you 